Ah, Grand Moth Tarkin, I am honored by your visit. Okay, welcome to Grand Moff Talkin', delicately curated, long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga, tailored to the modern fanatic, brought to you lovingly in weekly increments where we only talk about Star Wars by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your hosts, Riley. Those were some scissors I was holding. Jake? (laughs) Uh, I don't have any scissors on hand. Hmm. But like Edward Scissorhands, he has scissors on hand. <laughs> he does have scissors on hand, literally. And that's the show, everyone. That's the show. Goodbye. This has been delicately curated. <laughs> oh, no. Um, you know what? This week, no Star Wars. No, no Star Minimal. Wars. Minimal Star Wars. Star Wars came to us, and we said no Star Wars. No thanks. We're not interested in having you on the show. What well, I would like to clarify something. Sure. Uh, this was supposed Please to be, clarify. yes, Star Wars, but somebody didn't do their homework and watch the TV show that they were supposed to watch so that we could talk about a subject, so okay. we're not doing that. Now we're talking about Jasmine? something different. Yeah, it was Jasmine and Isaac, neither one of them. We didn't even let them on this episode because yeah. they didn't do their homework. Mm-hmm. And also me, listen, we're <laughs> getting ready to go on vacation. Uh-huh. Obviously, it takes many days to get ready for such a thing. It does. So I have so many excuses for not watching it. Was I maybe watching Ant-Man and the Wasp before we recorded when I could have very well been watching The Clone Wars? Oh, boy. But, you know, I forgot about that. Jake's got a little bee in his bonnet to talk about Marvel, so here we are. Let's talk about a wasp. (laughs) I got a wasp in my bonnet. (laughs) Yep. No, very bad. Um, how dare you pin this on me when you are equally excited to talk about Marvel? At least you were two days ago when we discussed doing this. Tr- correct. All this gets cut out because this is nobody wants to hear this. But our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's true. But also what we were just doing. Here's what I want to say. Okay. Endgame is coming out. Avengers Endgame, the 20 whatever Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. 23, I think. 23 and me. Mm-hmm. My favorite website. And to celebrate that website, they're releasing a movie called Avengers Endgame. And Captain Marvel just came out in theaters. And you and I, Riley, inspired by you, I have done this as well. Mm-hmm. We're rewatching the Marvel movies. Correct. I want to get them all done before Endgame comes out. I want to rewatch them all. Yes. The 22 previous. Films. And I'm running out of time. <laughs> When's Endgame come out? Give us the release date in case fans are tuning into our show for news on Marvel movies. It comes out. Avengers Endgame comes out April 26th, 2019. I just added it in post because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to put like a deep, awkward, like robotic voice yes, saying the name? Definitely. Okay, good. So it comes out. April 26th, 2019. And then insert the same thing in the, there. <laughs> you idiots. Um, and <laughs> I wanted to talk about the MCU because it's something that we're excited about, but it's also something I think if we're going to talk about Star Wars on our Star Wars podcast that we have, uh, I think it does, whether people... Like it or not, uh, I think it does have an impact on Star Wars, the MCU, or rather it it did during the acquisition of Lucasfilm and when they were looking at how to make a Star Wars movie in 2014 when The Force Awakens started production. When did the, uh, when did the acquisition happen, the Disney Star 2013 Wars? 2013 is when the acquisition happened. So that's a year after The Avengers comes out. Yes. And they're thinking, hey, we can do this again with a, with a, some, I mean, pro- a maybe saber. a bigger franchise. I would say Star Wars is probably, uh-huh. or at least it was at the time, maybe a bigger franchise. Well, that's an interesting thing to talk about because 
let's in 2008 when Iron Man came out. It, that's the same year that the Clone Wars cartoon movie came out. Yeah, Star Wars was dead. <laughs> so Star Wars, I mean, the, obviously that was the kickoff of the Clone Wars, which was a big deal for a lot of people. A lot of people really discovered Star Wars through the Clone Wars. So that, I'm not discounting that, mm-hmm. but as a pop culture phenomenon that captured the masses, Star Wars had arguably been dead for a while. I mean, we're talking about by the time the by the time the uh, acquisition took place, that we have our red letter media videos uh, deconstructing the prequels. Yeah, the world has. If they were ever on board with them to begin with, the consensus among the known universe is that the prequels were bad and failures and get George Lucas away from Star Wars. And then the sale happened and everyone's like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. We have to have George Lucas in our Star Wars. But but yeah, I mean, that's where Star Wars was at in 2008. This is where Marvel starts to really change the trajectory of blockbuster movies mm-hmm. the way that star wars used to do i agree with everything you just said thank you for your agreement what was your do you remember seeing iron man in theaters i do remember seeing iron man in theaters what uh, was your favorite part no i'm just kidding. my <laughs> favorite part of iron man is the part what was your like what was your reaction to it i mean i i guess i didn't see it as a a groundbreaking uh new direction that superhero movies were going to go in. I it no, was I just a really did. fun movie. I I went to go see every superhero movie at this time. I liked all this well, I didn't like all the Spider-Man movies, but I went to go see all the Spider-Man movies. They were all like events. They were still like go watch a movie at midnight event and I was it was I was the right age that I could still stay up till midnight and watch a movie, which I'm not oh, anymore. <laughs> no, I found that out the hard way. <laughs> and I keep on finding that the hard way every time I do it every year. Yeah, when if, I start if that. my theater isn't doing like the the cheating 6 p.m. thing instead of midnight, <laughs> yeah. then I just wait till actual opening day. Um, I, I saw Thor Ragnarok at midnight and I was dead for like a week. Yeah, I can't. I, it was like a full human week before I felt <laughs> like I was truly alive again. But it, I do remember like because I, I had some friends that I would always go see all these movies with. And one of them like really got into it. I had like zero connection to Iron Man. The only thing I knew about Iron yeah. Man is that uh, he has a story arc where he's an alcoholic. And that's about all I knew about him. Um, but my friend like got so into him that he bought like he bought our group of friends like these uh really big action figures like oh wow the they were like a foot and a half tall and it was like everything you could move each individual finger I think I still have it in my basement somewhere but so it was just like a fun movie but I never thought that like. I never cared about the Avengers. I never cared about Marvel, honestly. At that point, besides Spider-Man, I was way more of a DC guy. Yeah. I grew up, you know, Spider-Man and Batman and Superman were my favorite superheroes. And I truly, I did love the Hulk, but I was really disappointed by the Ang Lee Hulk movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot to take in for a kid who loves the Hulk. That it's yeah art project that Ang Lee made. I think it, uh, yeah, I think it's a good movie. I don't think it's a good superhero movie. I think it's bad on every possible front you can read. There you go. But <laughs> I and I, I did like, which also came out in two thousand eight. I liked the Incredible Hulk at the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, finally a good Hulk movie. No, it that may have changed, which we'll get into. Anyway, we'll get into it. Yeah, it did. It came out the same year. Um, uh, the Ang Lee one? No, the Marvel one. The oh, the Marvel one. one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. But yeah, so the Iron Man came out. I remember loving it. And I, like you, um, just knew of Iron Man from being in the Avengers. I knew that he existed, but I was never a fan of Iron Man comics. I, I really didn't love a lot of the uh, Marvel comics growing up, other than Spider-Man comics, which I was intimately familiar with and Batman movies were killing it at the time. Right. I think that the true watershed moment for the MCU, and this is all going to tie back into star Wars. You're not going to believe it when it happens, (laughs) but the, we do get to phase three of this podcast. Yes. 2012 was when the Avengers came out 
same year that um, The Dark Knight Rises came out. Yeah. And The Avengers was a bigger success. Kicked its butt. Than The Dark Knight Rises. I don't think it kicked its butt, but it was, you know, it, it was a cr- more critically acclaimed. And it ended up having a bigger pop culture influence other than maybe Bane being a really popular villain. Um, and I think... Like it kicked its butt. I guess. <laughs> what... What is important, though, I think, is that, you know, a lot of companies like DC were still like, oh, okay, well, Batman, this kind of darker tone, uh, this is what people want out of Blockbuster. They want them to take their superheroes more seriously and uh, really try to get into the psychology of everything. That's how we're going to handle Superman. And Marvel was like, already on this train of no nope, we're just gonna have fun we're gonna celebrate the goofiness of it all we're not gonna take ourselves too seriously and there is a certain and, and i think although the humor was there from in all the movies joss whedon's particular brand of ironically detached humor happening constantly was really the thing that defined blockbusters from there on out. Like it really seeped into basically every single summer blockbuster until today. Yeah. And sadly, I mean, you may have your opinions about, I don't know exactly what your opinions of Whedon are, but I don't think anybody can do that the same way that he can. Uh, so I think it falls flat in a lot of big summer blockbuster things, but I think the first Avengers holds up with that, that snappy Whedon dialogue I really like. Yeah, and I think that, and remember when I said it was all going to tie back into Star Wars, mm-hmm. you know, like when the Lucasfilm acquisition happened, there was a choice that they were going to have to make as to what the tone was going to be. And the tone of the prequels uh, was very different than the tone of the original trilogy. No snappy one-liners. Well, that's not true. Obi Wan. Obi Wan's the only one who is allowed to have snappy one-liners in the prequel. Always snapping. But, snapping like when you're asking for Chuck Wendig books in the library. <laughs> but yeah, the, from our podcast. But um, the, the, the uh, yeah, the prequels definitely felt more like clerical. I don't know if that's the right word. <laughs> <laughs> With like an e, you're saying like clerical, like. It, it felt like a bunch of priests walking around talking. Yes, that. Okay. Well, I think you're right. It. <laughs> I remember, um, like one of the Roger Ebert reviews. I think of like, Attack of the Clones described the dialogue as like somebody who thinks that Shakespeare dialogue is just nobody ever having any fun or something like that. Like it was like pseudo Shakespearean, where it's like everybody speaks in a really stilted way like thor one yeah which (laughs) didn't do as well as some of the other movies and Um, then i think the thor dialogue thor and loki dialogue in uh avengers fixes all that and they it feels a lot better yeah so i i guess i don't know what on earth we've been doing for the past 10 minutes in this rambling conversation (laughs) i'm trying to i'm trying to derail this so much and just talk about individual movies and not in any organized fashion and i'm having a lot of fun doing this well i was gonna literally go through the movies today but uh here starting right now riley do you think that because i i hear this a lot on from people who hate the sequels and people that like the sequels that the MCU has had an influence on it. Uh, some people would argue, no, no, no. Like star Wars humor was there from the original trilogy all throughout the prequels and everything. Is there a shift in the kind of humor? Is there a shift in the tone? And do you see that mark being left on it? I don't know. I mean, I, I can see that. I can see that argument and Mm -hmm. it makes sense. But then I go back and I watch like Empire and the back and forth between like Leia and Han. And I I feel like that has always been a part of Star Wars, even even in the prequels. It's not I think the main difference is that 
I think in Star Wars, there have always been characters that are funny, characters that you expect to have the the funny moments and the funny one-liners. And so for like the original trilogy and the prequels, 3PO is kind of there to be a funny character. Um, the OT, you have Han and Leia. The prequels, you have Obi-Wan. It, but I think the main difference with what Marvel does is that everyone gets to be funny. Everyone gets to feel um, yes, like they have more of a personality. Uh, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It really just depends on the movie and the actors and the script and everything. And I, I think that holds true with the sequel trilogy is you have, I think Poe gets to be a funny character. He gets to have funny things to say and do. But then... I don't think of, especially in The Last Jedi, I don't think Rey is a funny character. Uh, she has right. a couple moments with Luke, but like, not everybody gets to be funny in Star Wars, which feels like the difference to me. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. I think that, like, let's say that the Dark Knight Rises was the thing that defined what summer blockbusters were going to be. Uh, I think Star Wars may have been more willing to, for lack of a better term, like be more prequely and have less volume of humor per minute. Mm -hmm. But I think the success of really fun uh, back and forth dialogue and all of the Avenger movies really gave Star Wars permission to say like, okay, we can get back to the funnier side of Star Wars. So obviously Kevin, as I like to call him, Kevin Feige, mm -hmm. uh, will tell you that he loves Star Wars. There's a reason yeah. why he was obsessed with making sure somebody's arm got cut off in every phase two movie of the MCU. Uh, I think that the tone of the MCU is clearly defined by Star Wars. I don't think that Marvel defined the tone of the movies as much as J.J. Abrams did. Yeah. Um, but what I do think Star Wars looked at was, and what the question was, is are they going to do an MCU-style universe? Yeah. Um, and they really haven't. No. No, I, I think they're going to leave their, uh, their MCU-type universe for... TV shows. Yeah, which is in the TV shows, at least the you know, animated shows we've had so far, really intersect with the comics and the and the movies, movies books. Uh, which I think is exciting because what's different about Marvel is the movies are exclusively their own thing. And the TV shows really the Netflix shows in particular and even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. really were totally separate. Like, maybe right. somebody says the word Avengers in them one right. time, but you're not going to see Jessica they, Jones in Endgame. Right. They sometimes mention the incident in New York, but don't, like, they're not yeah, going to say, like, even. ah, yes, when the Chitari invaded and Iron Man <laughs> and Captain America saved, like, that, that just yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will interact with that stuff where, like, obviously, like, Hydra was... It had invaded shield so that was yeah. a big part of the show but then the movies do not reflect that back right <laughs> whereas in star wars in the, they in the will movies, bring a character in the movies from the phil colson is still dead yeah i was wondering like in if any of these movies were going to finally acknowledge the fact that like hey you know he's actually alive like nobody <laughs> even asks about him anyway yeah. i so like the tv shows will take cues from the movies but the movies won't take cues from the tv shows in Star Wars, I think is really doing what people kind of want the MCU to do already. Like the comics and the books and the TV shows and the movies and the freaking theme park are all interconnected, right? Uh, in a way that Marvel isn't and really could not ever be, but with the comics at least. Yeah, I, and I think like the potential for other uh, Star Wars media is so much higher than with marvel um the i mean the movies and comic books are never going to be connected because that's just and they're not going to write like fiction books without art 
for like Captain America or anything like that, you know, and it's just the the MCU is is just that. It is a cinematic universe that is by with itself. With the occasional tie-in comic that comes with the, you know, Blu-ray yeah. or whatever, but yeah. it's not like when you go every couple weeks to get the new issue of Spider-Man that is canonical with the new Tom Holland movie. Right. We're not going Whereas to... when you read about Poe Dameron, that stuff applies to the Poe Dameron you're seeing on screen. Exactly. Yeah. But I kind of want to get, I kind of just want to actually talk about Marvel movies. Yeah. Let's just talk about them. For a screw bit. Star Wars, right? <laughs> no, not screw Star Wars. I'm excited about Star Wars again until okay. celebration when I get depressed again. But for now, I'm excited. Until such time as the Star Wars stops spinning, we're going to podcast like it intends to spin on. Yes. But for right now, let's talk about Marvel. Oh, well, that was a quote from Nick Fury. Oh. Line for line. There was an idea. End of sentence. <laughs> what if he just said that in the movie? <laughs> that was it. There was an idea. Once. There was an idea. That's Everyone it. just stared at each other. <laughs> he walked away. I'm like, oh, I don't think it would be as iconic. I'll tell you right now. No, you're probably right. Well, I don't know. Anything that Samuel L. Jackson says feels iconic. True. What a, um, hey, can I say? Good actor. Mm-hmm. He really is. He, he really is. He's in the school of Tom Cruise and Denzel Washington where they, they just are themselves. They have a personality that they bring to the screen, but I will always pay to see them do that thing that they do. True. And it'll always be great for me. And Samuel L. Jackson is less of a weirdo than Tom Cruise. So I don't feel as bad when I root for Samuel L. <laughs> yeah, Jackson. I feel like he's a pretty feel... well-adjusted guy. He's, he, he does seem that way, but don't get too attached to celebrities. Well, you know. Um, Iron Man. Iron Man. The Man of What'd Iron. What you think revisiting Iron Man? Uh, still, good movie. Great way to start this universe. I think without Robert Downey Jr., you don't have uh avengers endgame like honestly like you you don't for a few reasons because that movie had a famously terrible script that downey jr and jeff bridges and john favreau were like rewriting on the day like they were in their trailers like rewriting the script and improvising dialogue like this is the iron man is really an example of like uh, reshoots are fine and making it up as you go along can really work. Yep. Like it, it, it's almost appropriate that he made the movie with a box of scraps. <laughs> yeah. I, I think if you have the right people behind it, you can get away with that. And those were the right people and they made it a lot better. And the, the thing that was really critical about it was that it really painted all the characters tony stark but everybody in the movie as a person and i think that's what you get when you have someone like john favreau who is an actor directing the movie i think that's what makes the few movies that like george clooney has directed pretty good is they they do tend to have a very strong character focus <laughs> that one is pretty terrible. <laughs> but Good Night and Good Luck is very good. That is, uh, that is true. I guess that's the end movie. of his movies that I have seen and enjoyed. <laughs> so I don't know why I'm talking about him like he has a great resume. But I, I do think that um, what made that movie, if it wasn't even known at the time, what made it strong was that it, we're, we're going to portray these people as human beings. Um, we're going to, holy cow. Oh, boy. Oh look boy. out. Look out. What up, clones? <laughs> Isaac Rexsteiner. I stumbled in, and what do I see? Just What's going on? Nothing. You tell me. You're the ones podcasting live. We're talking about Marvel. <laughs> We're not talking about Star Wars today. Oh, we've been gone for well, so long that we've given up on Star Wars, and we just, we're just doing Marvel now. Unfortunate. No. What we talked about, like, the impact... Of, or non-impact of the MCU on Star Wars, but we just are kind of in a Marvel-y mood and wanted to talk about some Marvel movies. You could have said you're in a Marvelous mood, but you didn't. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, this is why we need you on the show. (laughs) The beginning could have been so much stronger. (laughs) (laughs) Give us us your thoughts. Do, Do you feel that the MCU had an impact on Star Wars? Sure. There's like, um, well... 
I think initially it did because I think we I feel like we talked about it a long time ago where uh, Star Wars kind of wanted to go that route with not only like the Skywalker saga, but then do like the branch off stuff with Rogue One and the the cartoons like Rebels referenced Rogue One and some other stuff. I think they really wanted to do the connected universe thing, but then they decided to not to because all their projects either stalled or Solo maybe didn't do what they wanted it to. So I think it did, but I don't know if it does now necessarily because beyond episode nine, we literally know nothing. So TBD. Yeah, TBD. How, where do you land on the humor thing? Because we, we talked about this earlier. Do you feel that there is such a thing as Marvel humor? Do, did that bleed over into the Marvel movies? Or, I mean, into the Star Wars movies. <laughs> did Marvel movies have Marvel humor that bled into them? I would, I, I would, can I, can I bleed my own blood? Is that my? <laughs> yes. That's what I'm asking you. <laughs> Does, do the Marvel movies do that medical procedure where the blood goes out of your body and then gets and then, filtered like, and goes back in? Back into, that's what I was asking. <laughs> well, <laughs> then yes, like a continuous obviously. Bloodless surgery on Marvel. <laughs> Marvel <laughs> goes to Grant Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> Where have you been all our lives? Right here, buddy. Just sitting okay. in my living room staring at a cat. <laughs> Tell me your thoughts on Marvel humor. Uh, I guess looking now that we've sat with the movies for a while, to be honest, I, I don't think it's that much. I think it, it kind of became like the other Star Wars movies where I don't think we realized just how funny the old movies were and how kind of even slapsticky, even like the original trilogy got. I mean, they've always been funny. I just think we have a, a heightened awareness of humor in movies that aren't comedy movies ever since Marvel. It was almost like, I don't know. I think the Dark Knight trilogy got us more attuned to like, this isn't funny and we've <laughs> got to like sit here and take this seriously and finish reading the encyclopedia before we can like stop the movie i don't know isaac are you Great. jake and i from 15 minutes ago when we said the same thing <laughs> what hey. can we just cut out what we said and just start here because this is <laughs> just what we said that's pretty much what we just said yeah hey you know what simpatico doesn't stop when the <laughs> microphone turns off when that's... the microphone drops you <laughs> You and I in in Riley should start a podcast one of these days because <laughs> I feel like we have. A Do you want to be at Buffalo favorite. Wild Wings sometime and uh, talk about it? This? <laughs> yeah. Well, do you have any Star Wars thoughts? Um, Is there anything on your brain? Well, I switched out my display shelf and I got a new one, and so they're behind <laughs> glass now. So I got a nice new six-inch display. I don't even know what this episode is going to be anymore now that you're here, but. What do you think of Solo? Could we try to like ask you? You ask him this every time. <laughs> you, but the last time you were just a robot. You ask me every time, and I still like when I'm scrolling through Netflix. I scroll past Solo, and I kind of give it the face that Pee Wee does when he's in the burning pet store and he goes <laughs> past the snakes. <laughs> that makes sense to me, and I hope our listeners understand. <laughs> I think they will. It's a fairly successful movie. People have heard of it generally. Yes. I saw a guy at the Wendy's drive-thru today who looked just like Francis, but with a more facial hair and longer hair hair. <laughs> Do you think it was him? I asked him, and he seemed offended by the question. Did you tell him that you don't make monkeys, you just train them? No, but I did tell him, thanks for my junior bacon cheeseburger, and he's like, you're welcome. My name's Francis. And I'm like, hey, that answers that question. I'll tell you, when I... Uh, the, the, the Wendy's by my house when I was growing up, where I would go all the time... There was this lady who was um, 900 years old, and well, she would always old, say... years old, she reaches, look as good, you will not, her. <laughs> bringing it back, bringing it back to the wars and the stars. And every time you would get your food, she'd say, see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and I always thought that was so strange. Did Optimistic on her part if she was that old. It it is, and what would make me mad is when it would be true, mm. and she would see me tomorrow. <laughs> what's uh, what's her status these days? You know what? Probably um, 
DNA, not alive. <laughs> Let's get back to the Marvel movies. And <laughs> Isaac, I hope you have some opinions on Iron Man 2. No, wait a minute. No, Incredible we got, we got Hulk, Hulk came out before Iron Man 2. Yeah. What do you think about the Incredible Hulk, buddy? Uh, Anybody can answer. Here's my thing. Chelsea refused to watch it on our rewatch, so I did not watch it again. <laughs> yeah, honestly, Christina did too, and I, I refused in my heart. Yeah. I've watched that movie once, and I think I kind of watched it because like, it was more like the required reading. It was fine, but it just doesn't really fit anymore because you have Ed Norton, who's surprisingly not Mark Ruffalo when you watch the movie again. <laughs> You're like, boy, Mark Ruffalo's head got skinnier. He, he really does have a tiny head, doesn't he? Like, long ways. <laughs> he had, you know, long ways. He has a really small head. And so yeah. Mark Ruffalo it. is really hard to work with, and no one wants to do it. Is that true? That no, I'm saying about Ed Norton. Oh, that's a funny joke. Thanks. Um, I, <laughs> I loved that movie when it came out. I felt like it really nailed the Hulk. And then I rewatched it before infinity war and i thought this is not a good movie i think the issue well the issue with it is that it's uh, really yes, bad know. once the hulk comes in i i think that the hulk movies don't know what to do after the thrill of will he turn into the hulk is gone you know what i mean like all the movies that have been made that are just solo hulk movies are like oh He's getting angry. Is it going to be angry enough to be the Hulk? And then yeah. once he does, it's like, oh, well, now he's the Hulk. Here's here's what makes uh, a Hulk movie bad and Mark Ruffalo good. Okay. Is when you go to see a Hulk movie, you go to I'm see the Hulk the front smash right stuff. Um, but if the actor is doing their job, you should not want to see Hulk smash stuff. And I think Mark Ruffalo is so good at making you feel bad that you want to see the Hulk because it takes such a toll on him and he don't, he doesn't like it. So I, I feel like that never happens in the Hulk movie. I'm just kind of bored and I want Hulk to show up and you shouldn't want Hulk to show up. Right. Right. You shouldn't want to see the hero of the movie. So he's more Honestly, of a compliment with Hulk, than a yeah, I don't think you should. I think <laughs> the kidding. actor's you're, job you're is to make it that you don't want to see the Hulk. You know what? Um, it, I noticed rewatching the Avengers, which is almost a perfect movie. I think it's, it's so good, but the whole time Loki's plan obviously makes no sense. He couldn't have known that they had an incredible space plane with a Hulk capturing dome in it. Well, but he secretly wants them all. He did know because he had Hawkeye, but yes, I know what you're saying. Oh, I, I retract my, um, plot hole thing but what <laughs> does not make sense to me is that... i'm just picturing you retract your own plot hole <laughs> well so you don't even need to picture it because it happens <laughs> it's not an imaginary scenario <laughs> gross retraction so the whole thing is that loki wants mark ruffalo to turn into the hulk he doesn't yes. have an alter ego. It's not Bruce Banner. It's Mark Ruffalo. The bad guy wants him to turn into the Hulk. Think about it. He wants him to turn into the other guy, which let's let's just call him Hulk. What is it doing? What is it accomplishing to just say the other guy? Because it, it just shows makes me think that of Ruffalo, my favorite Will Ferrell movie. No, it shows that Ruffalo doesn't want to acknowledge that this is a problem he has. He doesn't like it. No. Yes. No, you're right. <laughs> I'm being difficult. But... If he, if his secret is that he's always angry, then why was it a, ever a concern of him? Was he just a little angrier that one time when the thing exploded? No, he just, he, he keeps it under he control. He wanted to it's... beat up Scarlett Johansson really bad? No, he loves her. He just, I think he just uh, has self-control most of the time, but when he's in a panic or he's anxious or something, then it, uh... I think it's more self-control than his actual anger. Actual MCU fans are infuriated at my whatever I just said. Yeah, true. Mark <laughs> Ruffalo plus Bruce Banner equals Bronk Buffalo. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Bronk Buffalo is now what his name is. The Bronk Buffalo. No, I, I, I want to talk about Iron Man 2. Okay. Obviously, we're going to have time for all the MCU. Obviously. Um, Iron Man 2... 
my hot take after rewatching these movies is I think it's better than Iron Man 3. I suppose I could proffer my opinions on this. I just I just don't like that movie. But the thing is with Iron Man 3 is like I'm trying to go through memories of Iron Man 3 and on coming up right now with is the trailer of Iron Man 3, which doesn't say great things about the movie itself. I mean, <laughs> I think I, I've I don't know if I've seen Iron Man 3 past when I saw it in theaters. And the problem with Iron Man 3 at the time was, wasn't it the first post, like, Avengers 1 MCU movie? So that was, like, kind of a come down. I think they kind of did it right this time with putting Ant-Man and the Wasp after Infinity War. Like, you knew that this wasn't going to be nearly as epic or wild. But You're not supposed to like it as much. It's just Ant-Man. Yeah, but with Iron Man 3, I don't know, it it was almost like, too close in scope or scale to Avengers. And so it was just, it was kind of a weird movie to take in after Avengers, which was just like one of the funnest experiences I'd had watching a movie in a long time. So, yeah, I I agree. I agree. I mean, Iron Man two, I tell me how you feel about this, Riley. I I feel like it's a movie of just scenes smashed together. Like in, there's a lot of really good moments that I like. I love the beginning with I don't love the beginning with Mickey Rourke screaming at my the board, my, my board. board. I need my, my board. board. I don't like it's him. Not illegal. <laughs> <laughs> my board my is deadly. <laughs> uh, my thoughts on Iron Man Two is it's a fine movie. It's okay. I like. Sam Rockwell more than words can say and I think he's great and I think he needs to come back and he's without a doubt my favorite part of that movie um but it's just all right I love like the deposition of Tony Stark Mm -hmm. I really like the political fallout of Iron Man existing and and Robert Downey Jr. is so funny that scene is incredible because it all feels like really improvised dialogue. Like it does not feel scripted. Right. There's so much cross talking that I don't know how they could have possibly filmed it. And I think like the best parts of the Iron Man movies are like that where it's just Tony, like that's kind of the weird thing about the Iron Man movie is that the best parts of the movie, he is not Iron Man. That's ironic, Tony. (laughs) How ironic, Tony. (laughs) We didn't talk about this, but the end of the first Iron Man, not good. No, not great. And the end of Iron Man 2 is better for a little bit because you got Black Widow, but then Mickey Rourke in a robot suit is so hilariously bad. It's a fart it noise. like they kind of just used like the Photoshop cutout tool and put his weirdly shaped head in a robot shoot. shoot. Yeah, that ending scene is is fun until he shows up because it's I like them in the garden and it's very pretty with the uh, lotus petals and everything coming down. Uh, and also this movie does the second best thing that this movie does is it gets rid of Terrence Howard and gives us Don Cheadle, which was Ayo. a great decision. The cheed. got to have a little cheed in your diet. <laughs> little cheddar cheed. A little cheddar cheed. Sharp Cheadle. <laughs> I, okay. So here's a weird thing. When we were watching these movies, um, I think the flaw of the MCU is the existence of post-credit scenes. Fun in the theater, but when you're just watching at home, we, me and Christina, we watch Iron Man 1, then we pop in Iron Man 2, and we're like, okay, so this is the movie where they introduce Nick Fury. Um, and then, no, it's not. The, where they introduce Nick Fury is the post-credit scene of Iron Man 1, there's yeah. a whole conversation about the Avengers. And so when you watch Iron Man 2, they already know each other. And they're having a conversation about what they discussed in the post credit scene. And when I watch a Blu-ray, I don't want to fast forward through the credits. Remember when uh, Bobby Roberts was still on Twitter and he would whine about <laughs> the uh, post credit scenes? I miss, I miss Bobby on Twitter. Does anybody <laughs> else? No. <laughs> well... <laughs> Uh, no, we definitely have to cut that out now because <laughs> is this a complicated question? <laughs> it's not complicated. I don't miss him at all for many reasons. <laughs> I, you know what I miss is us complaining about. I don't miss him. I, d- I do miss us sending texts to each other, just like a screenshot of a stupid thing he said. 
but that's the only thing I miss. We're not going to have time to talk about all these movies. Of phase one, <laughs> what's your favorite? Uh, does Avengers count? Because it's Avengers. It's got to be Avengers. Yeah, Avengers. But I tell you, I love the first Avenger. I love Captain America 1. It infuriates me when I hear people say that it's mediocre. No, it's good. It's beautiful. It looks amazing. You have the tooch. Gotta have a touch of the tooch. You have a touch of the tooch. A dash of the cheed and a touch Not of the tooch. Not to mention a dash of the cheed. Tooched by an angel. <laughs> <laughs> no, Captain and America. Thor is... Uh, I like Thor, but I I like I like Thor, the person Thor. So if you put Thor in a thing, I'm going to like it. Yeah, I love um, Asgard. I remember really being blown away by that when I saw it the first time, and I really like the scene where he gets the hammer on Earth and he pulls it out like the sword and the stone. And I like where he's escaping the Shield facility. But I find an indictment of Thor. Is that Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman have more chemistry than Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman? And that's false. a problem. False, you say? False. Uh, it is not false. It is a hundred percent false. That's the I'm craziest thing you've the ever truth said. To you right now. Last time I watched Thor, I thought, "Oh man, I wish Chris Hemsworth had been Anakin." Well, that would have resulted in the same issue, which is that they have no chemistry and the romance is bad. Boo. They have no chemistry. I like them both. But Natalie Portman does not like Chris Hemsworth. Really? In that way. Oh. I thought you were sharing some juicy and Maybe as details. a person, because he was not eager to come back to these movies. Anyway, his the eyebrows are bad. His eyebrows are really disgusting. They're yellow. Two Coldplay songs up there above his eyes. You know, Feige has said that is his, um, his biggest regret of phase one was Thor's eyebrows. It's not great. I think his biggest regret should be uh, Kat Dennings in those movies. We got we to gotta move on because we can't. Nope. I can't. I can't with nope. you, Jake. I can't what even. What do you like about anything that she's doing in those movies? Uh, I think she adds some. It's funny because she's dumb. Humor. No, no, she's not that dumb. There's already plenty of humor. Thor is a fish out of water. He's doing funny stuff because he doesn't know what Earth is. You don't need another funny person i do she's just an idiot i need her and she's not an idiot you're she idiot. is in the first movie she's a little smarter in the second one she's competent and she does smart things but in the first one she's just like what oh we'll talk about the second one. Oh boy phase two phase two i think it goes without saying and yet we will say it many times that winter soldier is astounding i haven't gotten there in my rewatch yet I think Phase Two has got off on the wrong foot with Iron Man Three. It's not great. Uh, I don't, I don't dislike it as much as you seem to dislike it on your recent rewatch. It's not like, it's not bad, but it's really doesn't feel. I I think it's missing the wonderful cross talking of the first two movies. It's missing that. And I think that the villain is, is still a problem. Like Iron, the Iron Man villains are really just not great overall. Well, and I really think it's weird how in all three of these movies, there is a fake bad guy who is secretly controlling a foreign terrorist bad guy. There are parts that I, I really like about Iron Man 3. Oh, um, sure. I think kid. the uh, I think Trevor whatever his name is, is Noah great Trevor Noah <laughs> in Iron Man three no yeah. the uh, what's his I can't remember his last name anyway the fake actor who's actually not the Mandarin I like him oh my god he's that I love that twist I great I, twist people who don't like the twist are like people who know the comics and who know who the Mandarin is but as right. a casual fan. Who goes to the movies and wants to enjoy himself? I found it very funny. I I give these Iron Man movies so much leeway because I don't know anything about Iron Man and I don't really care about him outside of the movies. So just like whatever they want to do, that's fine. I don't care. What else? And the kid is cute. And the kid is cute. I had completely forgotten about the kid, and the kid is oh, the man. best. 
And I love that gun. he gets like a a dream lab at the end. I hope the kid. Yes, comes back I was really thinking that he was gonna come and be something in one of these movies. Yeah, but I think people kind of didn't love that movie, and they ignored it as soon as um, Iron Man or Avengers Two. I thought that it was like a kind of well-respected movie as far as Phase Two goes, but I feel like it, Iron Man Two is always the one that people don't like. But I don't know; it's it's all right. Yeah, it's it's definitely all right. But then Winter Soldier is like, mwah, mwah, mwah. well, okay, but before Winter Soldier, and there's no more movies in Phase Two. Before hey guys, Winter Soldier, um, we have to talk about something. Oh, did I skip a movie? Uh, as you know, listeners may know, I am very famous for my bits on this famous. Uh, podcast. I love a good bit, but I mean this with all sincerity that up to this point, before Winter Soldier, because I haven't rewatched it, up to this point, Thor The Dark World is the second best Marvel movie in the MCU. It is great. One of the weirdest opinions I've ever it heard in my life. It is so good. The movie is gorgeous. I love to just watch it, it is. and look at it because it's a great feast for your eyes. I'm raising my hand. Okay, raise your hand. <laughs> it's raised. Okay, now speak. <laughs> okay, I have to go. Raised. <laughs> okay. Uh, Isaac, this has been great. Do you have anything to say about the Thor The Dark World before you leave? I kind of want to agree with you. Oh. I always think it's such a good movie in my head, but I fell asleep both times I watched it, but darn if the times I was awake, it wasn't something that at least my, my mind wanted to like <laughs> i'd say i'd say give it a third chance and maybe maybe you'll like it hey you know what they say if you don't give it three chances it ain't on the afi top 100 <laughs> that is what they say every you time that's why thor the dark world is not on the afi top 100 <laughs> yeah because no one's watched it three, it three times yet yeah. <laughs> it could be the first i might watch it again tonight um, it is good. Okay, well, if you have okay. to go, that's yeah. fine. We have, say, hey, we have to say Isaac, goodbye. Can goodbye. we lock you down for episode 100? Yeah. Will you come back for 100 in person? When is that? Uh, soon. Oh, well, maybe. I don't know. All right. Let's we'll talk think to you about, about it. it. Think about for one hundo coming and saying hi. Technically, this might be 100, but we're yeah, not going to some of your editing wizarding magic and roll the blarping dice and see what comes up nerd train conductors i follow i, I kind of follow that bye guys bye <laughs> okay 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 but uh, okay in all seriousness seriousness no bits last time i in watched the dark world it was so much fun i really like yeah. uh i feel like um Anthony Hopkins is more present than he was in the first Thor. I For feel sure. like Hemsworth is more comfortable. Uh, this is now like the third time that he's played Thor. Um, Loki, as always, is great. Um, hey, you know what's a good line that I've been thinking about from the Avengers? What's a good line? An ant has no quarrel with a boot. Oh, a good line. oh my goodness. He's great. Ants, boots. There's a reason that he was the exception to the rule of phase one slash two of Marvel, where there's like the biggest complaint is there are no memorable villains and they all kind of just fizzle out and no one sticks with you. But he Loki is the exception to the rule where he is. He's been consistently good in every movie he's been in. Loki is high key. Great. Oh, hey, about how about that? <laughs> um, hey, so it's time to open up. Jake's Apology Corner. Okay. You know who's with me in this corner is Christina, who was watching Thor the Dark World with me. Mm -hmm. And she turned to me and she said, I like this movie. <laughs> yeah. I knew and I, I was her. like, I like this movie too. It's a good movie. Because I was trashing it because for whatever reason, I was in a Riley watching Revenge of the Sith when I watched <laughs> it the last time, last year before Infinity War. Yeah. But I watched it this time through the lens of a, of a Riley who, for some reason, thinks it's the second best Marvel movie <laughs> it really up is. to this point so in good. the canon. And, uh, you know, I don't think in any way, shape or form it is better than Captain America, the first Avenger. That's fair. But it is very fun. 
It's very, it's very fun. fun. I think that I almost wish they did a little bit more with the fun portal stuff at the end because that's really oh. great. Oh my gosh, that fight is amazing. I remember that really blowing my mind in the theater. Like I once again, I loved this when I saw it in the theater. I, I think I saw it a couple times in the theater because I loved it so much. And uh, I think maybe the hate train got to me, and I apologize. That movie Choo Choo has a hate train for sure, and but you know what? I choo choo choose it. <laughs> it's I like the 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 aesthetics of the movie are great. The Asgard uh, stuff is all amazing. The dark uh, elves, their design is incredible. The ether is incredible. Everything. This is the it. shame of Asgard being all exploded yeah. because there's such great mythology Literally. that we might be missing out on yeah if they just settle in like norway or whatever like i hope that oh what if they, they build a, a wakanda but in norway because that's what they would do <laughs> just fully move go the complete opposite direction that they seem to be going and just move everything to earth move have everyone like on an earth. embassy for everything on earth <laughs> Yeah. The Guardians anyway, of the Galaxy will station in Chicago. <laughs> Obviously. Where else? We're better to guard the galaxy than from Chicago. Uh, hey, anyway, we that need movie to get back rules. to shooting Marvel it. movies on film. Oh, I know. That's why those, these those early movies look oh, so good. good. And they're not all filmed in Atlanta. And I was watching Ant-Man and the Wasp, and it looks like a made-for-TV movie. Yeah. Which there's some good stuff in there, but they it just looks like garbage. That's and the, I mean, so much of I'd say the biggest criticism mar, uh, levied against the Marvel movies these days is that it they are kind of a TV show. Like mm-hmm. you got this one continuous storyline. They're all kind of filmed in the same area. They all look the same. All of the previs action is done by the same team before the director's even on board. Um. I still enjoy, obviously, Phase 3, uh, I but think I, can, I that, can see where those complaints are coming from when yeah, I go back and I watch Phase 2. There's definitely more visual variety now. Like, all of Phase 3 has looked amazing. Like, Black Panther looks amazing. And, Doctor Strange um, looks amazing, I Doctor think. Strange looks... Well, the action scenes look amazing. Yeah. I really loved the way Captain Marvel looked. I thought it was shot really beautifully. Mm-hmm. Avengers Infinity War looks great. Like the Russo brothers are really good. They they have a good visual flair to them. But I think Phase Two, like Iron Man Three, and uh, oh, and obviously James Gunn's stuff looks incredible. Well, yeah, yes. but there is a sense of like it's like you go to the movie theater and there's a cold open, like a TV show. Yeah. And then there's a brief credit sequence of just the Marvel logo. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the movie kind of looks like it's a TV show. And then you kind of like stay tuned through the credits because there's a tag like a co- comedy on NBC. Like, yeah, it is a little TV show ish. Right? I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but yeah, it I just... don't necessarily dislike that. But it is. I do see that. I can see that point of view. And I think phase two was them really getting into a dangerous area with like making these assembly line looking movies. Cause I think age of Ultron is guilty of the same thing. Like there's no, there's nothing distinguishing Iron Man three, which is a Shane black movie. He's a really great director, but I don't think you would know it from watching that movie. Although I hear people try to say that it's a Shane black movie. I don't think there's anything distinguishing Iron Man 3 and Age of Ultron. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Ant-Man. Ultron, I, f- I feel, uh, I feel I like Ultron, Ultron might be the exception to that. I like the movie, and it still, to me, feels Whedon-y. Uh, I like Ultron a lot. The dialogue is weed I think as yeah. far as the way it looks, it just doesn't look like... Yeah, I don't I think that. you could pick the directors of any Phase Two movie out of a lineup, other than maybe the Russo guys. True, I think maybe it, it that this type of thing works best for Ultron because Whedon. I don't think of Whedon as a visual director. I think of him as getting characters and dialogue right, which uh, that's true. Yeah, so I think he might benefit the most from the assembly line thing compared to another director who might have a more distinct visual style. That's true. 
And um, it also is w- worth noting that Whedon left after Ultron because I think it was a difficult thing and maybe he didn't get to do everything he wanted because of the assembly line and then he was out. Yeah, he really had a lot I mean, and phase two is a really tough uh, time for Marvel, I think, creatively. And there was some I think there were some questions on how long it was going to be able to keep chugging along because John Favreau dropped out of directing Iron Man three, although he was still on good enough terms to film to be in a it, couple yeah. scenes to lay in a bed and pretend <laughs> to be in a coma um, and, and to wear a wig and yeah. And Patty Jenkins dropped out of Thor, the dark world and uh, Edgar Wright, which was going to aim. It was going to be a phase two movie. I believe it was in the works for a while. He was going to direct Ant-Man, dropped out to creative differences. Joss Whedon um, really had a tough time. His movie got like cut down a lot more than it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. I, he was supposed to get a director's cut, I believe. He talked about like doing a longer cover Blu-ray. He never got it. So it was just like a lot of things happened where people were like, oh, this Marvel thing is really a machine, man. <laughs> and it was interesting because around that time is when DC out and said we're going to be a director driven studio yeah to try to attract a lot of interesting directors and then they did that and scared them all away <laughs> yeah and they were like wait a minute interesting directors might make weird movies that people don't like <laughs> anyway that's, that's as far as you watched in your marvel rewatch yeah i need to i need to get on it because i'm running out of time but i need to start with winter soldier and then guardians guardians is one that i've seen so many times that's when i go back and rewatch because i just really love it uh, oh, and James Gunn is now doing Guardians Three. That recently oh, man. came out, so recently, I'm really happy two about weeks ago that. when you recorded this. Yeah, um, <laughs> Guardians One. I remember like just adoring it until the very end, which I I didn't think that like the closing space battle was anything special. But then it ends like the way that Star Lord beats the bad guy is by dancing. The power of friendship as well. I know, and I am of the opinion that Guardians 2 is even better. I think it's kind of, I think Guardians 2 is like kind of like a masterpiece a little bit. That one I have not seen more, maybe maybe I've seen it twice, maybe I've only seen it once. That's my thing, I like all these Marvel movies, but so many of them I think I've only seen once. Here's what you need to do, you you watch Lindsay Ellis's video oh i've seen on that one that was guardians 2 and then yeah. you watch it and then you're just gonna have a good old time good old time crying probably yeah the end of that movie is really sad it is um and then we saw captain marvel and we loved it so captain much. marvel so good it's so great i fundamentally do not understand the hatred of that movie well you christina do. yell across the room and tell us how much you love captain marvel she, she loves it. She loves it. <laughs> she loves it. Uh, I love Captain Marvel. I saw it again. It's even better the second time. Yeah, I need to see that again in theaters. It's a it's a fun time. Sam Jack is doing great. <laughs> Old S Jack is doing great. Old S Jack. Uh, and yeah, is that the most amazing special effect ever implemented in a film to digitally de-age Samuel L. Jackson? <laughs> That's it, it's insane. Like it's I know he doesn't look in his seventies, first of all. So they they're kind of helped by that. No, but he does not look like he did but in no, the nineties. No, he doesn't look thirties either, which he almost looks like he's in his thirties in this movie. It's incredible. Colson, they made him look a lot younger too. Yeah, they gave him a little tuft of hair up there. Gave him gave him a wig and <laughs> some CGI. Some CGI. Boy, if only we could have CGI in real life, am I right? Hey, make and, us all look better. And rewatching Ant Man two, Michelle Pfeiffer digitally aged. That that's crazy. It's it is crazy actually to think of how far it's come since. Um, is it Ultron that we see young Downey Jr.? Uh, no, it's Civil War. Civil War. I don't. The even first time that... they did it was Ant Man with Michael Douglas, and I think it looks pretty noticeably cgi yeah and i even think downey jr looks pretty noticeable but then now i do too because they made his neck like really skinny it looks kind of weird 
if you but I feel like if you watch Captain Marvel and you didn't know about Samuel L. Jackson, no, you would not know that they did anything to him. He just looks like a normal person, a normal young guy. It's I don't understand. It's yeah. Amazing. But anyway, that's the end of the episode. Anyway, we like Marvel. Um, like it. Go watch all 22 movies. Something we were talking about recently is that while we were like doing all of our rankings in our Discord and everything, we, everybody's doing their rankings. Join our Discord. Join our Discord. Um, one thing that we said is that even if a mo- uh, even if a Marvel movie, with like a couple exceptions, even if it's at the bottom of your list, they're all like varying degrees of fun to great. Like yeah. all of these movies, I think, I-, I don't think there's many stinkers. There's a couple, no. but there's not many like actual stinkers where I go like, oh, I'm never gonna watch that again, because I'm, they're all the just Hulk varying degrees of fun. Terrible. The book huh? isn't even terrible, but I just yeah. don't really enjoy it that much. But I. Even like Iron Man two and Thor: The Dark World, and I, oh, I Thor think that World. Ant Man is a little bit of a stinker, but there's oh, still like some it. really fun, funny stuff in there. I mean, I think you just the mere fact that you have Paul Rudd as the leading man makes that movie fun to me. <laughs> Christina really wants to be on the show. We're gonna have to have her on. I'm just- hearing like it's cutting out like every other word. We're not picking up everything. I know. <laughs> the microphone only works so far, unfortunately. Anyway, here's my prediction. Ten years from now, we're going to have a bunch of think pieces saying that Thor The Dark World is the Marvel movie we all slept on, and it's better than anyone remembers, and it's going to be uh, held up as one of the top five Marvel movies by the time this whole thing's done. Calling my shot. I... Uh, think that is maybe not true, but I <laughs> did enjoy it. I am all in on that movie. I can't wow. stress this enough. Wow. It's, I think people will be like, hey, that was okay. Yep. We were a little harsh on it. It's they better than we thought. may be like that, and they may prove me right. So anyway, Star Wars is good. Yes, like we've been saying the whole show. Like we've been saying the whole show. It's not... Uh, it, it if it's I think if it's been influenced by Marvel, it's been influenced marginally, but we'll see if that ever changes someday. Yeah, Marvel originally. Marvel originally. <laughs> That's just yeah. not great to say. I tried. No, it's not good. Not good, no matter how you slice it. Um, hey, do that outro that we love to hear. That's week. it. How huh? we're done. All right. Yeah, I don't. I gotta go. Special thanks to Isaac for being here for a second. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, That was crazy. We did not plan that. Did you text them or anything, or did you just show up? No. Nice. Okay. This has been delicately curated, long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars and only Star Wars saga, tailored to the modern fanatic, brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your hosts, Riley, Jake. You mean? And Isaac was here. Whoa! Something about him. There he is. He's Isaac. Okay, bye. Bye. We can bring it around to Star Wars in the end, I'm sure. Yeah. I was wanting to maybe start there so as to not alienate people and then... And then alienate them. And then alien them. Turn them in to aliens. All right. Well. Loving the energy. It's going to be good. (laughs) I'm very tired today. I do have to admit that. I have like a headache, so I... Oh, that's fun. So between the two of us... This is going to be great. It's going to be really good. I think you're going to regain it here. Ow. Oh, no. I just hit my microphone stand. Ow. Knocked my glasses off. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to the bloopers. That hurt.
<laughs> I seriously you allowed the podcast alone. You should have Chelsea there. When you're I, need a, I need an adult here to help me. I leaned yeah. down to turn my own volume up. And then when I came back up, I ran into it <laughs> with my face and my glasses fell off from my face. An indictment of Thor is that Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman have more chemistry than Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman. Oh, oh my god. god. We're doing it again. This is happening again. It's a Are throwback. You <laughs> Do you remember when our podcast used to be bad, Jake? <laughs> I don't have to think back that far. <laughs> this is the You're longest this is like it. a league of their own levels right here. You you can mute him, I guess. Mute what? <laughs> Gunray. Mute Gunray. <laughs> I'm gonna state my opinion again. Oh God, yeah. Start to start that this one. This time, over. everybody has to laugh. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> but I think that a big indictment of <laughs> you freaking a hole. Start again. We had an audible toilet flush. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You haven't had to edit as much on recent episodes. You know yeah, it's weird how that happened. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just laughing at uh, Isaac reorganizing his desk. <laughs> you have no proof. <laughs> you go to the moon. Oh, my God. <laughs> Echo just... Really wiped out trying to jump up on the window. <laughs> it was amazing. He really didn't even come close. Um, <laughs> sorry. It was really funny. Um, okay, so phase two. Sorry, I totally lost my train of thought. That'll happen with a cat. What was I saying about the... Oh. Are you, going to, are you going to celebration? Did you get tickets? Funny story. Uh-oh. I'm not going anymore. No. Oh. You can use you this for the podcast, or you can decide not to. It turns out is that weak, and oh. so <laughs> I just can't. Gotcha. Have you sold your tickets yet? When they come in the mail, I'm putting them on eBay, and they're basically going for like double right now face value, so Ooh. I think I'll be okay. Or you could give it to your friend, me, <laughs> and I could just go by myself. Well, <laughs> hold on. True. Hold on, or you could give it to me. <laughs> wait, 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 no. I don't like this. I will let the two married men fight it out amongst themselves who's going to take a solo vacation to a large city without oh, their wife. God, a solo vacation Well, I amazing. think my wife has to go, um, like, to Texas to see her family around that time, and I'm not going, so it would work out. And I but... think I'm willing to take this risk of going alone to celebration. <laughs> You've got a few years in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 